right. Good afternoon or good morning, depending where you are, who you are, where you are. Brett Henderson, exciting, exciting new episode today of the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass podcast and YouTube channel. We have esteemed, I was actually making up a word, astute, I think a stout, astute guest. I kept using that in the last few episodes, like, and why am I coining uh, welcome phrases? I'm not going to do that anymore. So welcome, yeah. welcome, Waldo. What's going on, sir? How are you today? Brett, great to see you and uh, looking forward to flying with you today. Yeah, so you and I met a couple months ago down in San Diego. There was a conference, a 401k advisors conference, NAPA, National Association of Plan Advisors. So my technical hat, besides the podcast, I do own and manage a wealth management firm that focuses on helping veteran entrepreneurs get from A to B faster. And you were the speaker, which is interesting because in that world – the 401k advisor world when there's probably what three four hundred people there yeah more like like a thousand or, or wow. eighteen yeah it was it was a pretty big group well if, it, if everybody showed up if everybody showed up probably yeah. but you know how that is as the as the conference goes on sometimes people are there sometimes they're not sometimes they're checking stuff out but it was a nice group and normally I will share when those meetings happen and they'll say hey are there any veterans in the room normally. I am the only one or there's maybe one or two others with me. And so it was great to have you up there being a fellow veteran, an Air Force officer, different stories than mine, obviously different experience in the military, but it was really nice to see you up there doing your thing. So no one knows who you are yet. Well, everyone knows who you are, who who knows you in your circle, but here on the podcast, maybe no one does. So why don't you just take a quick minute to kind of tell us who you are what you did in the Air Force, and we'll get to where we're going today or what you're doing today. You got it. You got it. And I appreciate the introduction. So currently I'm a a, a leadership keynote speaker and sales with a kind of a sales focus. I speak around the world on collaboration, trust, and commitment uh, wrapped around courage, right? We all need courage to take action. And I, I leverage my experience as a combat Air Force F-16 fighter pilot with 65 combat missions. And then, like you, transition to the civilian world, went to, uh, got my MBA, was in financial a- analytics, mergers and acquisitions, uh-huh. and then was in tech sales, commission only most of my career, and then uh, started speaking and doing this crazy entrepreneur thing, going out there, you know, digging the well, planting seeds, converting relationships into revenue. And so I've been doing that for around 20 years. I wrote a book called uh, Never Fly Solo, which is a New York Times or Wall Street Journal bestseller, which is about, hey, having folks back you up, check your six. You can't win alone. You need a wingman or a wingmam to help you to elevate your success and win. So I leveraged my combat experience, my core values training learned at the Air Force Academy, plus the real world business experience into this amazing profession. And I, and I love what I do. You saw a glimpse of it as a keynoter, but I also do coaching and consulting in particular for small and medium-sized business owners and sales managers who are out there grinding away, trying to kick some ass and make things happen. I love that. I love that. And thanks for briefly going over your military career. And normally I just stop there, but I do want to hear a little bit more about it. So you said 65 combat missions, kind of, do you mind just sharing a little bit about when that was and where that was? So it was in the late nineties, uh, uh, doing stuff in Iraq that didn't make the news as we all know. And then, uh, um, the most intense combat was in Serbia uh, against Milosevic in 99, going up against, uh, you know, the the MiG-29s and the surface air missiles, SA-3s, SA-6s. In my book, I talk about dodging some real missiles. I didn't really share that in my uh, my keynote. No. But for some of the longer-term engagements, I talk about it. But the, the thing about it is this. It's great Marines, 
there's great fighter pilots, Navy SEALs, et cetera. But I only believe that you're really tested when battle comes, when the fear is real, when the bullets are real. And so I like to leverage that experience. I'm not a Blue Angel pilot. I didn't climb Mount Everest. You know, I'm just a grindy fighter pilot, happen to be in the business world. But I talk about the combat aspect because that's where resilience is built, where fear is truly faced, where if you don't do your job, you're dead or the people that you're working with are dead. So it's serious. And now people were listening, you know, the veterans are out there, right? Obviously they've been in the grind. Some of them have been in real world combat or not, but training is intense. So I think we have to leverage that mindset where you have to prepare, you have to build relationships. When you say take the hill or break right or push it up, you can't have your teammates doubt you and you can't doubt them. And so that takes a lot of skill, a lot of trust, a lot of preparation, a lot of confidence, a lot of humility. And so that's what I try to leverage. I think those type of components, those soft skills that lead to the hard results are why people are listening to this podcast and why me and you, quite frankly, are pretty successful in what we do in the commoditized space that we operate in, in financial services, wealth management, or leadership and sales, speaking and consulting. Yeah, there's only a few of us out there, right? There's not too many, not too many financial advisors out there. Sarcasm, sarcasm yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. I was just, I was with, uh, uh, 500, uh, insurance sales reps in, in Wisconsin, independent agents out there grinding out literally at a aircraft hangar in Oshkosh. Oh, wow. Yesterday. It was pretty cool. Very cool. Well, with that, you just brought up something that I cannot relate to because I'm not a combat veteran and I will share, and I've shared this before in the podcast. That was a negative, stigma or I would call it head trash that I had personally because I was not a combat veteran. I got out in September of 2002. The second ground war started in March of 03. So I missed that window just by several months. And so that's one of the things, almost a sense of guilt I had personally as my crew and my Friends and my peers stayed in. Most went to Iraq and then on to Afghanistan. And I never had that combat T-shirt. And for me, as a veteran, when I transitioned in the civilian sector, it really was almost guilt because I felt – because everyone, oh, where did you go? What did you do? And I'm like, I, I went to Norway. <laughs> I, I hung out with beautiful blonde women and, and made snowballs one winter. That's really what I did as far as, as my deployment. And so I felt guilty. I had self-guilt and self-doubt, not doubt, but just guilt. And then I didn't have a car or combat action ribbon. And it took me 20 plus years, really until last year, last fall, when I truly got through my own head trash and realized that I'm doing more now to serve veterans, the veteran community through this podcast and sharing leadership and mentorship and guidance than I ever did when I was active duty. So it took me, and so if you're a veteran, why am I sharing this? If you're a veteran and you're listening and you're not a combat veteran, you don't have a car, it's okay. You still signed up, you still volunteered, you still did your time, and time, it's just time and place, right? If there's something going on and we need you and you're there at that time and place, you're gonna go. If not, you don't, and that's just what it is, right? So, So a lot of us, I think, I am not alone with that mindset for the non-combat veterans that, ah, I feel like I'm undeserving or I'm a different caliber of veteran because I don't have those experiences because I never had the life or death situation. 
I, I did actually have in training something very similar, which is a whole nother story, but I just didn't have that. So I will share, and I appreciate you sharing. It's just a different perspective, but there's nothing wrong with you as a veteran if you didn't go to combat. It's time and place, and you did your time. And if you would have gone, you'd know. But the mental challenge I will share that you don't have, because you know how you would have, you know how you did. Waldo, you know how you did. For us, the non-combat veterans, if you're, especially if you're in combat arms MOS where you're training for combat, sure. it's like being on the high school soccer team for four years, going to practice every day, and never having a game. And you just wonder, you wonder how you would have done. And that's a guilt or self-doubt or just head trash many of us have, myself included, until it took me literally 20 years to let it go. And it's, it's okay because we're yeah. doing more stuff now. So any, I don't know, any perspective on that? Because you, you do have the car and I don't. Any just thoughts on that as I'm, I'm kind of sharing? Does that trigger any any yeah. thoughts in your mind? Uh, yeah, totally. It, it, some very, very significant points that can relate to the veterans, not just in the military, but the the newbies that may be entering the, the entrepreneurial space where they may not have the credibility or the flight time or the ground hours in combat trying to establish credibility in the business world. So a couple things you mentioned about your training. You know, we have a saying in the military, uh, you fight like you train. I'm sure you heard that. You fight like you train. You're in it. Most of the accidents and stressors and, and, and deaths happen, not necessarily in combat, but in training because it's intense. And I'll tell you one thing. My combat was easier than many of the training missions that I went on because you always prepare for the worst. But then I have a, another caveat to that. You prepare for the worst, but expect the best. You expect to win because of your training. When I'm on a cold call or a bold call, I never cold call anyone. It's always with confidence. When I'm on stage, I'm confident because I sweat my tail off beforehand. We put the time in. We trained and prepared. So yes, you never know how you're going to respond in battle, but if you take it just as serious in your training and your preparation, the stakes may not be as high. Your life may not be on the line. But your lifestyle is, especially as an entrepreneur, it's a life and death of your business, your future, your dreams. You know, you got a little guy, Lucas, running around, right? Hey, your work today impacts him and the charities you support, the people that you're impacting. So if you feel that sense of passion and, and inspiration and commitment and most importantly, responsibility, you will grind it out. You'll face your fears. You'll fly in combat. It may not be real missiles. But you'll take the calls, you'll start the business, you'll ask for the sale, you'll make the investment, you'll do different things, take some risks in order for you to achieve your dreams and get in there. And a lot of folks these days, if you're grinding out, maybe in financial services, you know, the turnover rate, first one to five years is huge. You got these young kids, uh, independent financial advisors or wealth advisors or insurance folks, they quit early. Why? Because they're going against the veterans, the combat veterans. So you need to think differently. You need to leverage tools and technologies. You got to show up more prepared. You don't bring donuts to meetings as an entrepreneur. I just had some mold remediation guys here. Spent a thousand bucks for them to remove a little bit of mold in my, in my, uh, in my uh, closet, like a way pay weight over price, but he followed up. He had his crew there, was really, really sharp. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to sell my house. I want to get the remediation letter. It was a tiny little bit of mold, but people will write the check and pay more if you're showing up prepared, giving value, establishing relationships, and doing what you say you're going to do. So those soft skills we learn in the military, 
will allow us to fly the combat missions against those veterans or the celebrity brands who are out there trying to squash your business and decom uh, and commoditize you uh, and impact your lifestyle. I, I appreciate what you just shared so much. I'm kind of smirking now. Maybe you can't see it under my mustache, but I'm smirking. So I saw on the speaking tour, and I'm sure you know this name, and I'm sure you compare to him all the time. You know who, what name I'm going to say, aren't you? Oh, Grady. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he was doing the speaking tour, you know, the celebrity speaking tour after he was – actually, I was on the USS Kearsarge. My one bit of time on ship was on the USS Kearsarge. He was shot down in Serbia or Kosovo around there, yep. I think in 98 or so, and then rescued by Marines from the Kearsarge. If you don't know, the USS Kearsarge is a large amphibious warship where it takes Marines pretty much to storm the beach, and that's it has a well deck. So the back half of the ship goes underwater and lets um, LCACs, which is landing craft air cushion, hovercraft come out with tanks and whatever, assault the beach. It's pretty cool. A uh, pretty cool ship. Nice. Anyway, he was he was rescued and he did the tour, right? And he did the speaking tour. And so there are a lot of successful veterans or sev several, not a lot, successful veterans like you that have made that transition and are on the speaking tour. And he's one of them. And when he spoke, though, he was just telling his story. He was just sharing his story, and it was robotic. You could tell he's a robotic dude, and he had just said, said the same thing hundreds, if not thousands of times by then. And I'm giving you a compliment. You didn't know this was coming. I, when you spoke at our conference, you could tell that you took the time to prepare, to learn about who we are, what we did, the challenges we have, the struggles we face. You wanted to relate. You wanted to – you used – language, not jargon, but use language and communication that we use in our world, in our space, that if you're not a 4K person, you really don't know. And now it wasn't perfect, but you really, really tried. And and so the fact you put effort in made you relatable because, ah, oh, this guy's trying. And if you can sense that someone's trying, you give them credibility, right? So you came across, even though you're doing your, you know, push it up and, and all that, which as a Marine... We don't do that. So it's kind of, we can talk about that is, uh, what that is. But I was impressed by the amount of time you took for preparation. You could tell that you took the gig seriously. You, you weren't just saying, hey, give me my check. Let me stand here and rah, rah, rah. Look at me. I'm, I'm flying planes. I'm cool. You tried to relate every story to us in our space. I think there's a lot to that. So I'm, I'm commending you for that. You didn't know I was going to share that, but you could tell how, how much you take that situation seriously and how you prepared for it. And I will end this point with one caveat. You just made me feel guilty because I had a big client meeting, existing client, been my client for 10, 20 years, and I just brought a whole bunch of donuts. And uh, so they had Krispy Kreme down there, and like, dude, I'm gonna get. I brought like three dozen, uh, three dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, warm off the list. So I still like donuts, and donuts are okay. I work out so I can enjoy my donuts, but I think donuts are okay still in the morning sometimes. That, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I, I use it as an analogy. You know, I've been in sales. Like, so, so we know, like, you, you could bring the donuts, but you better bring the heat and the preparation as well. You know, I've been doing this 20 years. And I really appreciate the compliment and getting to know you as well, Brett, because you're, you're a pro. I like your background. You, you, you know, for those that don't know, Brett always does, at least he did with me, a pre-prep call. Hey, let's not just fly by the seat of our pants on these calls. We got people, the listeners who want value, right? They're, they're showing up. Let's, let's prepare. Let's invest some time together. So it says a lot because I can't tell you how many podcasts I've done where the first time I'm interacting with the, with the interviewer is during that conversation. They probably were on my website learning about me five minutes before the call. 
So kudos to you for that. And it demonstrates your preparation as well, because we want to give value. And for the folks that are listening, people smell inauthenticity and BS very, very quickly. You show 100%. up, you don't show you're prepared, or you didn't do your due diligence, go on LinkedIn, look at press releases, find out some ways to build that rapport, that trust that marinates the sake of the relationship and advances the sale. Um, then you're, you're winging it. And, you know, a lot of veterans that I speak to, they think, oh, well, I've got combat or I was a Marine or a fighter pilot, you know, and all that stuff's going to build credibility as I enter into the business world. Hey, we're a dime a dozen out there these days. You got all your peers that are competing with you. You don't want to show up commoditized. You want to demonstrate the things that you learned in the military apply to today. And sometimes you have to share it with your prospect. I don't care if you're in tech sales or software or financial services. Hey, sir, ma'am, really great to meet you. Yeah. Uh, you know, asking them some questions. And I'll sometimes say, even during my prospect calls, hey, Brett, you know, I, I, I saw on LinkedIn, you were, you know, with UBS and Merrill Lynch. Yeah, I, I did some work with them in the past. My uh, my defined benefit was with UBS and I left and blah, blah, blah. You know, do some things that say, I'm I'm appreciating this this process, the fact that you may do something special with me today. If I'm a home contractor or a financial advisor, I'm writing you a check. And that's how we command our fee, not demand our fee. You may not be as experienced. You may be new to the business. And or you may be out there, a seasoned veteran, going up against these newbies trying to unseat you because you're an incumbent with a current client of theirs and they're trying to kick your ass out. You better bring more than donuts. You better bring your heart, your referrals, your connections, your 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 compassion. And, and I think that that authenticity as opposed to the plasticity that happens today because everything's so freaking digital, you know, do what other folks aren't doing. I always send gifts. I send handwritten notes to my clients. I want to do something different. I'm in a member, member of the Speaker Hall of Fame, 20 years. No one gives a crap. I show up to this meeting. I want to show them that I've earned that right to be called a Hall of Fame speaker by that speech, not because it said it in my freaking bio. And that's how we earn our business and entrepreneurial wings every day. I appreciate you sharing that. Let's let's keep going there and let's just talk about sales. So if you're an entrepreneur and you got your business, you've been around for a while, sales generates revenue and revenue leads to cash flow, right? And every business needs needs revenue and you need cash flow so you can't get the doors open. You shared a couple good points there and I want to I want to expound on one of them. So LinkedIn so most of my guests I meet on LinkedIn and it is a cold relationship and I engage them and I look for veterans that are successful in business. Those are most of my guests and that I reach out or my, uh, the contacts I reach out to. And what I will share when you talk about inauthenticity, it's very easy and I people do it to me very quickly. Oh, I see you went here. You went to Tulane or I, you worked at UBS and or you did this and you did that. It's like, okay, yes, you read my LinkedIn profile. It's like, it should be table stakes now, but the sooner you you kind of name drop a couple things, you're just really showing, hey, look what I did. That's what you're really doing. Hey, look, I looked at you. Be impressed. The sooner you can take that and shift and ask a question about that so it's not just me talking at you. Now I'm actually showing genuine curiosity, curiosity about who I'm trying to engage with and not having a preconceived notion or agenda. So let, let me talk about that. In sales, the goal of sales is to get a sale. However, the second you enter into a relationship, 
And if you feel I'm trying to sell you something because I'm a salesperson, if I call you, oh, how are you? Are you doing great today? And the second you just you just sense, you can smell that salesy salesperson, you're turned off and you shut down. And I blew myself up. Here's some failures because I would have an agenda. Here's a business owner. I want to sell them this, this, this. Sure. Let me get them on the line. And I'm excited. I talk at them and they just shut down and go away. I'm like, why didn't I get a sale? Because I had my own agenda in mind and no one cares about me or my agenda or my mustache. No one cares at all. Everyone has their own goals, their own ambitions, their own outcomes they're trying to achieve. And the sooner, and this is a lesson, this is a huge lesson. If you're in sales out there, the sooner you can shift from taking the anticipation or the mindset off yourself and your own selfish goals and shift it to helping whoever you're speaking with. Like Waldo, you've got your own goals. You, you want to build your team. We were talking ahead of time about teams, right? And our, our assistants and whatnot. And so the sooner I can help you accomplish your goal, not mine, but your goal, what does that do for you? That helps build credibility from you back to me. I have this guy's genuinely trying to help me. So can you chat about what you see with when you go back to inauthenticity, which you want to do your due diligence, show you've done your homework, but the, the sooner you shift to problem solving and helping whoever you're trying to whoever you're communicating with, whoever in your conversation, cold call, email, whatever, accomplish their goals. What does that do for you and your own career in sales? Really critical. You know, I think the reason why you're successful and, and, and success is always relevant, right? Or relative, right? It's not necessarily the money in the bank or whatever, the, your freedoms, your lifestyle, are you accomplishing your goals, right? What are, what are you setting out to? Are you uh, honoring your commitments, et cetera? Sales is, is a relationship business, but I always like to say you, you can't be all thrust and no vector. You can't be high attitude, positive, motivational, engaging, rapport building, but you can't deliver on the target, right? I have a guy, I'm in a men's group, and he works for a big Fortune 50 in life insurance company. Like the guy, asked a couple questions about my life insurance, just started throwing up on me, came into my office sitting right there and started throwing his products at me. I'm like, you don't, you didn't ask about my family. You didn't ask what my goals are, how much money I have in the bank, what my current policies are. You're throwing up all over me. And we've all heard that expression, but he's robotized, right? Like you said about the other speaker. I called up and, and also, by the way, folks listening, it really is going to depend on if somebody's calling you, asking for your product or service. People, I don't, I don't redo a lot of outreach now. A lot of my business comes to me after 20 years. I speak around 75 times a year. The referral network builds up, right? So my phone knock on table usually rings. Sometimes I do outreach, but if somebody's calling me to fill a speaking slot or to coach, that's a different type of conversation than if I'm doing outreach, bold calling as opposed to cold calling, trying to convince a prospect who I've researched, who I see may have a need, to convert. So the hard one, obviously, is the one that you're trying to convert. Like they, they're, they're not expecting this, you know, and, and look at financial services and wealth advisories, right? Like, goodness gracious, you got to you gotta see if they have a financial advisor, right? Uh, you know, are you willing to unseat them, maybe take a part of their business, ask about their background? Maybe they don't work with advisors. Maybe they're doing everything on the Internet and TD Ameritrade or, or uh, whatever. So you have to ask them a little bit of more trust building, rapport building 100%. questions so that advances the sale. Now, I called up Mr. Mister 
it's a cool name for a, uh, a mosquito service there. It's run by a guy named Brett Cole on, on that, not Brett Cole. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. That's okay. I can't remember that. Yeah. So uh, he remembered his business name. So he's got 50% yeah, yeah. of the game one. That's yeah. more important. So Mr. Mr. But, uh, I met him at a, uh, I met him at a, a veterans fundraiser for special forces and he has the same name as the parent of one of my son's soccer players. And I'm thinking Brett Cole, but I don't know why the heck I'm, I'm, I'm messing up his name. It's okay. You'll be, whoever's listening, you'll be 55 and, and balding like me one day and with a bad memory. So long story short, I called up the guy answered. It wasn't him, but it was one of the sales reps and he left a message initially and I called him back. We got on the phone. Hey, Walter, blah, blah. Hey, so pretty cool, pretty cool name. I heard on your, your voicemail message. You're the wingman. Were you a pilot or something? He's like, yeah. Oh, pretty cool. Wow. Would you fly? You know? Oh, my nephew was in the military. Well, F-16, you know, my favorite plane was the F- F-14, blah, blah, So we're having this conversation. Hey, Waldo, thank you for your service. How, how can I help you? You know, like just listening to the voicemail message, asking some questions, being a pro. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to text you some information on something. Confirm that you're going to meet it, and then I'm going to email you. Would you mind sending, t- telling me your email address? He's repeating it back to me. I just sent you an email address. Please check your spam. Okay, within the next 24 hours, I'm going to follow. You could see the process, the professionalism. It's a pricey service. There's other competitors in town. Do I want to research doing this? Am I going to, is he going to lose Am I going to risk five or ten dollars a month for my monthly fee to save a couple bucks when I know based on the experience that I have with this guy that he's likely going to follow up? He's going to, he's going to uh, be there for me. So all those nuances that decommoditize you are so, so critical. So meaning you can't just be robotic. You can't just have a positive attitude. Know your tools, know your technologies. Wingmen never wing it. Find out in your business what you could do to, to, to make it more authentic, humanize it, and then leverage your technologies and the digitization and all those things that we have to make it easy for the prospect to say yes to you or your client to continue to say next yes to you because they're always being shopped by your competitors as well. A hundred percent. And I will share that what I've seen, especially through COVID the last several years, and I'll just use my own industry as as a reference because it's what I know, but I have different guests come on and they share theirs. So in our space, everyone will quote unquote, there's the personal wealth management side and there's the corporate side. So I'll throw my hat on as a 401k technician. So businesses hire me to help them help their employees have better outcomes. And if employees feel empowered financially, if, if they're at their job and they feel okay about the future, they can focus on their current job. You got if it. you are an employee and you're, Worried about if your car is going to be impounded because you didn't make your car payment or you're going to be evicted because you didn't make your rent payment. You're not focused on your job, right? You're not doing that. So if I can help a company provide a benefit package where their employees feel safe today and they feel they're empowered to thrive tomorrow, I know I'm doing something good. Right. And what happens though, and I'm happy it happens. It's an opportunity for me, but I have to make sure it's a double-edged sword in our space, in my industry. There are incumbents or other advisors like me. And once they get on board for a client, they just send a report every quarter. Do you need anything? Here's my report. Do you need anything? Here's my report. Do you need, anything? and that's it. That's all they do. They're not bringing new ideas. They're, they're not continually evolving. And that's an opportunity for me because if I, if I can bring something new and my something new helps them achieve a better outcome, 
And I will add the main issue that I face personally, professionally, is if I'm going to be engaged or someone wants to engage me or retain us, I call it engagement, not a retainer. I have to make sure that process of transition from whoever they have to me is as painless as possible. Because the main issue I face, I'll deliver a massive value and a client will be like, or a prospect will be like, oh, I just don't want to go through the change. So as long as I can make that pain of change not that big an issue and they see the massive value, they'll move forward. But if that that pain of change outweighs the value you're delivering, you'll never bring someone new on. Can you so, t- chat with that? Yeah, yeah. So really important. We've all heard about, you know, you got to find the pain. You know, what keeps you up at night? We've all heard that expression. Once you find that pain, you can f- find a way to – acquiesce their issues, reduce the pain and, 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 and serve them. Right. So, so that, that the, the feeling of staying in the pain and the action of staying with the pain or the has to be greater than the process and the, and the pain to break away from it and start something new. And it's risky for all these folks, especially when it comes to their money or their health and fitness, et cetera. And it's the same way with entrepreneurs in business. Maybe there are some folks listening who have a side hustle. And I don't believe in side hustles. I believe you got to go all freaking in. Now, your side hustle better not happen between 8 and 6, for that matter. 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, you better be grinding it out, working your tail off in the current job that you have, and then investing at night. A lot of the side hustle happens when people are are distracted. They're doing a shit job in their current responsibility, working four to five hours out of an eight or 10 hour day, and then they're side hustling, building their business. It's inauthentic, it's wrong, and you're doing a disservice and lacking integrity to the people that are writing you a check. You better put in the work after hours and grind it out. That's what I did with my business. I was making 30 to 50 grand a, a, a month cold calling, bold calling in the M&A world as a commission-only sales rep at night. I was taking that money, investing in, in tools, internet, web design to build my business. I didn't go out drinking Bud Light, especially Bud these days. Uh, I didn't go out messing around. I was focused on building my business. I was committed. I was sacrificing. Now, back to the pain. There's always going to be some pain involved. You got to, you know, we have a saying, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in battle. It's a pretty Relatively common military term. I didn't make it up. The more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in battle. Now, you put in the time and the sacrifice, you're going to bleed less in battle. But here's the, the, the other side of the pain that you as an entrepreneur need to really focus on and also have your prospects and clients focus on. Because the pain must also be aligned with the joy. And what I mean by that, I believe it's not what keeps us up at night that matters. It's what gets us out of bed. What keeps us up at night is fear-based. It's debilitating. It distracts us. It holds us back. It gets us, you know, anxiety-provoking. What gets us out of bed is joyful. It builds courage. You got your son, Lucas, right? When you're you're going to save your son, God forbid, somebody comes after him or he's got to jump off that diving board that I talked about. For those that don't know, I was massively afraid of heights as a kid, and I had to jump off a 33-feet high diving board to graduate the Air Force Academy and even have a chance of being a pilot. Now, I'm massively afraid of heights. I jumped off that diving board 
Now you would jump off that dive board. I don't know if I shared this in the, in the speech, Brad. I don't believe I did. I rarely do. I think but, you did. But the third, you yeah. talked about the high dive. Yeah. And so, but if you're, if you're on the high dive and afraid of heights or, or something that's really high, you may not even be afraid of heights. 60 feet, you're going to live, but it's freaking high. I don't care if you're fearless or not. You're going to be afraid to jump. But if Lucas was screaming, daddy, daddy, help me, you're jumping. You're not thinking of your fear. You're thinking of your love. You're thinking of your responsibility, the joy that this young thing brings to your life. And so you've got to think about the joy in your business the future home that you're going to buy, the private school you may bring, put your kid to, the, the Disney vacation, the freedom that you're going to get. That's the true long-term thrust that'll get you through the, the missiles and the fears and the painful nights. You got to think what the heck is going to get you out of bed. Same thing with your clients because you got to ask them, well, I know it's going to take risky. Well, what's the cost of you not taking this risk of moving over? You're going to have more money for your kids. You're going to be able to buy that investment home that you said you wanted. You're retiring in seven years or you're retiring in 30. You know, you're getting married next year. How much more confident and joyful will you be knowing that you went through the pain to invest 30% of your, your income today into a 401k, et cetera, et cetera. So they have to find that joy, the thing that gets them out of bed. A very important mind shift because when I went to battle in combat, I was scared to death of my of those missiles, and by the way, having claustrophobic panic attacks, which is another story. But what kept me in, what got me through the fear was the joy and the passion and the confidence that I was going to get telling my future son that your dad went through battle, didn't quit, that I, I'd, I'd be able to have some credibility and, and, and some scars and battle damage of that were based on my uh, facing my fears. And that joy, that's the thing that brings the courage. So anyway, yeah. uh, we can go off a, a, a big uh, conversation on that, but. No, I like it. Well, bed, I'll, I'll bring another perspective to it. And so yeah. we're saying the same thing, but we say it differently. So what you just shared, actually you have two points. First point is what you just shared. I call your purpose. Sure. You must, what your purpose, you must find your purpose and your purpose. Once you have your purpose, my purpose is to help veteran entrepreneurs go to A to B as fast as they can so they can dominate whatever they want to do. That, that So my mission is to position my clients to accomplish their mission. That's my mission. All my website's there. And then as we grow, we have generate revenue by delivering massive value. We can take a piece of that revenue and share it with the Battle Buddy Foundation. And right. and Kenny Bass has been on my podcast a couple of times. Kenny Bass helps veterans with PTSD get a service dog so they don't effing shoot themselves. Right. That's why I lost my best friend March 10th, 2018, a little over five years ago, because he didn't have a purpose. And I, I've shared this now a couple times on podcasts. I'm going to share it again. It's a good story. Another veteran asked me to come on their group. They had a Zoom group and they asked me to join. And we have one, the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass. There's the podcast, the YouTube channel. There's also a, a group, a veteran group where we get together and talk about business and, and kicking ass, taking names. And this other group asked me to join. And it was a veteran group. So I was excited. I showed up and fired up. How you guys doing? High energy. I have my pre-workout. So I'm, I'm amped up. And some of the members were just like, uh, yeah, just want to get out of bed today and this. And I was like, whoa. It just was like, what? This group had so many members. It was more of a, a support group yeah. where yeah. these veterans did not have a purpose. 
and you could you could sense it. They didn't have the joy to get out of bed that you were discussing. They didn't have their why, what's feeding them or driving them to to move forward. And what hit me there, and I didn't share this with you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. This is what I came up with. If you don't have a purpose, you don't have a why, you don't have your joy, your mission, your purpose, your why then is to go out and find your purpose. Your purpose could be to find your purpose. So once you have that, then you've got that joy. You've got that motivation to get you out of bed in the morning, as you just discussed. Fear keeps you up at night. Motivation, joy, purpose gets you up in the morning and out of bed to dominate the day or take charge of that day. Maybe you're not high energy like you and I. We're East Coast. We're high energy people. And yes, my pre-workout's definitely flowing right now. But you don't have to be high energy like us to be right. But as long as you have your motivation, you have your purpose, you have a goal, you have an objective with a desired outcome. That's that fuel to get you out of bed to build whatever it is you're trying to build or accomplish during the day. So I like what you see. You call it your joy. I call it your purpose. And for a lot of veterans, and I'll share this again, it took me 20 years to find my purpose. Yeah. 20 years. And there was one other veteran in this group young insurance salesman, also Marine, he's insurance, and his, we were talking about our purpose, who we are, what we do, what drives us, and his was just to make money, just to make money, and I'm like, dude, when you're young and you're trying to build your career, I get it, it's kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, water, shelter, especially in insurance, if you're 100% commission-based, you've got to get money in to be able to pay the bills, so that can be your purpose right there, is just to make money so you're okay. But once you've got food, water, shelter covered, you need a deeper purpose, a higher mission to really motivate you and keep you engaged and moving forward. What, what are your thoughts on that, just that topic? If you're a person of character, if you truly want to grow, if you're, you, you, you care about others, there are some folks that money is enough. We know who they are. Money is a, a big driver and, and, uh, it may satisfy the, the short term feeling of joy, but it's like cocaine, you, you, you know, for folks that are addicted, you never get enough. I call it the why before you fly or the meaning to your mission, purpose, joy, courage, right? Like joy, like, and it's not all passion, by the way, you got to find your passion. Well, sometimes passion isn't enough. If you're, if you're, you're a father or changing diapers, you're not going to be passionate about Change of diapers, right? You know it's your responsibility. Some people lose the passion. Entrepreneurs, oh, I lost the passion. I got to find my passion. Dude, I wasn't passionate about going to war, working 12-hour days, being on the road away from my family, et cetera. I wasn't passionate. had a sense of responsibility. I had my wings on my chest. People needed me. Now, I'm going to get into this here because it's a higher way of thinking. It's more of a evolved way, and you have to kind of work your way through it. And many times you can't figure it out on your own. It takes a wingman or a wingman, somebody on your team, to coach you, to mentor you, to help you through these tough times, to lift you up when you're in the dungeon of fear and doubt and, and, and distracted or you don't know where to go. You don't know your purpose. This is where the Never Fly Solo thing comes in. It takes time to figure that out. I think it's great to want to make money, but when you're quote unquote successful, you have money in the bank and knock on table, I, I'm doing pretty well. I don't have a sense of desperation. Now I'm like at 55, I'm like, what drives me now? What is that next level? 
I always love helping people, but now there's a deeper purpose. And I can tell that's how you are as well as a veteran, trying to help these veterans. It brings a sense of peace and joy in your life. So I had my energy drink this morning as well. <laughs> and then it's other, this other glutamine drink. I, I did a 25 minute workout. It wasn't a lot, but I, I sacrificed. I went in there. I had to distract the morning because we had those mold remediation guys, uh, working in my closet, but I didn't just do that because I want to look good. I've got my 12 year old at home who's sick, by the way. He's, he's, he's just has a cold. He's staying home. I work out because I want to be energized for him and have him see the example of his dad sweating, going through the pain, which leads to peace because I'm in the gym. I wanted to be energized for you and for the people that are listening. I don't want to show up as a dud. I work my ass off. I sweat. I got my Never Fly Solo t-shirt on. I'm almost, almost as sexy as you, Brett, nah. but I want to be my best version of myself. Here's the kicker. The peer advisory group, the people who you spend time with, your mentors, your coaches, maybe your clients, your friends, the people who you respect, maybe they could give you an insight on what your purpose is. You may think you're going down the right path, but somebody who's got some flight time and some battle damage and scars and emotional baggage may give you the insight because of their experience and maturity and wisdom and empathy, perhaps, and compassion. Hey, Joe, Mike, Lisa, let me ask you a few questions and they could guide you through to finding your purpose because it's hard often when you're in the aircraft fighting as an entrepreneur, building your business to really see the bigger picture, the bigger impact that you can make. That's why you need to get around other veterans, other people, other successful folks, maybe in, maybe not in business, but in relationships and marriage and health and fitness. Get a coach, leverage YouTube, listen to a podcast like you're doing today. Today, if you knew all the answers, why even listen? It's because you want that nugget, right? So seek and you shall find. Your purpose will evolve and change, but it's only really going to get there by the, the leveraging of, of other, other experienced individuals or maybe that unsuspected book you read or that, that inspirational person is going to give you the guidance to say, now I get it. So yeah, a hundred percent with, with that, we're at the phase now of our careers where we have so many failures that eventually led to successes that we enjoy sharing those. We have mentorship. We have wisdom. I hate to sure. say, I, when did I have turn into an old wise man, so to speak, but we have wisdom because we failed so many times trying to get from A to B. And with that, what you just shared, I think is spot on. And it makes me think of someone I know that recently wanted to do something on their own to show they could do it on their own. Okay, person had an opportunity, thought they researched it well on their own. Okay, I'm going to do it on my own. Found out the opportunity was not legitimate. Right. And it actually was a scam. And it cost that person their job and their future and, and their livelihood. And I had a conversation with that person. I said, you know, how come you tackled this solo? When you know myself personally and the group and all the veterans and all the people who are willing to help and want to help, because a lot of people enjoy giving back. They enjoy providing mentorship. They enjoy helping other people get from A to B faster like myself. How come you didn't ask anyone for help? Person's like, I wanted to show I could do it on my own. Right, right. And that person had a massive failure, massive failure. And 
that person will learn from that. I just shared, okay, well, now you have this group, and now the person's reaching out to the group for mentorship and help to get from A to B because B was there and B went away, and now they have to find their B again, and they're, they are taking help to get to find their B again because they need to start all over because of what they just went through. But talk about a lesson. And to that, I want to – a second point I didn't make from maybe 15, 20 minutes ago in our conversation, but it just popped in my mind again now. So if you're new and you're starting out – no matter what industry you're in, the first several years normally are the toughest, right? Myself as a financial advisor, when I started at Merrill Lynch, as you saw, 80% of the team washed out. You failed. It was just how it was built. And the 20% that made it, no one did it on their own. Every single person had help. And the big firms changed their policy where you no longer could be on your own as a new advisor, you must be part of a team because they know you're not going to make it on your own. The goals right. are too high, too much, too soon. You cannot do it. You cannot build the skill set, the ex- expertise, and deliver in the timeline they give you without help. You just cannot do it. And so I will share what happens if you've got the grit and the humility to ask for help and mentorship and absorb the lessons from those leaders and mentors. You'll get through those first five years. And I like to quote, in our industry or my industry, financial services, it's like Shawshank Redemption. When Andy's in his cell every night, chipping away at the wall, and he crawls through the sewer, uh, literally the sewer of shit. And then he crawls through, it's raining, and he's getting washed, and it sucks. And then all of a sudden, he pops up in this field of daisies. That's the first five years in most industries, is you're in that sewer, you're in the literal, literal crap in SHIT. And you're trying to get through. And then if you do have that grit, you got the determination, you don't quit, you keep driving forward, eventually you learn and you excel and you succeed and you pop up. Maybe you're not completely successful yet, but you've got the foundation there because you've earned it through grit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and you got to put in the time. You know, so many people are impatient these days. I know veterans, you know, we're intense. You know, we put in our time, you know, we get out. We want to go for the immediate win. You've got to, you've got to take some time, get your aircraft in the hangar and tighten down the rivets and weaponize yourself and do all the prep work. And that takes a lot of time. You know, you can't, you can't automatically get the six figure job or have the freedom and, and all that. It, it takes a lot of time and effort and investment uh, and, and, and relationship capital as well. Um, one of the things that I think is important. And it kind of goes back to the perspective that we need from others is I'm going to show a picture on the screen and Please I do. think you, we, we use this, we use this uh, video in the, in the podcast, right? Do we use yes. It? Okay. And for those that are just listening, you know, we have this thing called check six in the military and check six means you got to check your six o'clock, your position behind you, right? The most vulnerable position. Now in an F-16, you can't see if you're getting shot at or leaking fuel. However, the person next to you, at your left nine o'clock or right three o'clock, they can look over their shoulder and see if you're on fire, see if you're leaking fuel, see if an enemy aircraft's trying to sneak up on you and shoot you down. You can't see your most vulnerable position, but your teammate, your mentor, your coach, your loved one can. And then if they're really good, they'll tell you to take action, right? Break right, take action, right? You remember this from my speech. And so part of it, and it relates back to your ability to ask for help, is to remember as an entrepreneur, especially as a veteran where it was about 
teamwork and trusting your wingman to do his or her job is, hey, man, what do you got for me? What am I missing? Are you going to get defensive if they tell you what you need to hear or not what you want to hear? Are you going to listen to and absorb their feedback? Which, by the way, every coach, every feedback is not always right. You got to filter it through your own paradigm, your own value system. And so listen and be be approachable. Have people be willing to tell you you're wrong. Get your ego out of the way and then continuously get coached uh, and find others who've had their six kicked as, as opposed to just checked, right? And then learn from those lessons and then seek and you shall find. I have, a, I have a saying, you know, make your friends your mentors and your mentors your friends. My dad always said, be careful who you spend time with on the weekends. I think we need to really assess our informal relationships with our buddies, our poker players, our folks we're playing soccer with or going shopping with or whatever and say, hey, are these people mentoring me and through their example and living and emulating the success principles, both personally and professionally, that I want to get? And if not, you need to say, why am I wasting my time with them? If you're truly committed to success and growth and have a, a, vi- a vision and a purpose in your life. You know, a lot of people I coach, they're still hanging out with their buddies from high school. I'm like, how is that serving you? What are they doing in their life if you truly want to elevate? So so assess your team, assess the relationships that you have. I was in a mastermind group for 10 years and I just left the group around six months ago. I just wasn't getting the value there. I didn't feel that we were elevating. I'm trying to go here and they're kind of stuck here. Some of them were here, by the way. But I'm like, I, I just, it was time for me to reassess, get around other strong, successful men and women to push me to the next level because we're evolving and growing. So very, very, very important personally and professionally. And last, I just want to share this, this analogy with you. And then we'll go on and, and add is like on the ladder of life. I think we need to have our hand up, right? Have your hand up to that next person who's, who's going to lift you to that next level that you can nurture a trusting relationship, not just pick their brain but to massage them, their soul, build a relationship and say, hey, can you not just help me, but can you mentor me and coach me to this level? People want to do that for you. But in the same respect, you should always have your hand down, not looking for a handout, but for looking for that unsuspected wingman or wingman who needs you to help them. I don't care if you're brand new to this business. There's always something that you can provide. So lift them up, encourage them, and that'll give you more confidence to ask for help. Right. And give you more inspiration and joy in your life, knowing that you're lifting up others on that journey, on the ladder of success that never ends on the horizon. That's constantly ever changing. We're never going to, we're never going to hit it. Right. No matter how successful you are, we got to wake up every day with that new mission, that new, uh, that new target to take out and a new ass to kick. No, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. So to be successful, as your shirt says, never fly alone. You can't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. And you need help. So don't be so headstrong that you can't ask for help. People want to help too. People see someone who is are trying and they've got drive, they get inspiration. They may not have their purpose figured out, but they're trying to find their purpose and their right. their own mission. People want to help you succeed if that's you. So if you're in business and you're out there and you're listening to this and you don't have those mentors, go look at people that are successful in your industry that you can emulate and call them. Reach out to them on LinkedIn. Find them, send them a message, a bold, a bold call, as you call it, versus a cold call. Yeah. Reach out. That's pretty much, you did your speech. I saw you walking through the, I guess the vendor hall, exhibitor hall. I grabbed you. Like, Let's have a conversation. I think you'd be a phenomenal speaker on the podcast. And you stepped up and you've been a phenomenal guest on the podcast. So 
If someone wants to reach out to you and they want you to speak for them and help motivate their team, Waldo, how does someone reach you? So uh, yourwingman.com is my website, yourwingman.com. But I also want to give a gift, and this will be allow folks to be able to stay in touch with me as well. My book, once again, was a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller. If you want the audio book, you can go on Audible and get it for $19.95 or you can use that QR code to go to that website, yourwingman.com forward slash NFS, like never fly solo. Get the audio book there. You'll get a, a PDF, a one sheet of all my quotes, et cetera. You'll get some downloads to videos. You'll also uh, be able to get uh, a resilience challenge. You can take a screenshot of this if you want and then down, download it later. I'll also send you a five video series called the resilience challenge. Uh, Five videos on dealing with change. Actually, no, that's not it here. Stand by. It's going to be, hold on, hold on. Yeah, there Good morning, hello. Regina. Welcome. How are you? You're, you can say hello to our podcast. Ever meet Regina? Hey, She's hey, my Regina. new chief of staff. This is Regina awesome. Meet Waldo. <laughs> so, I am supposed on time, to be here or no? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're, we're just we're going a little bit long, so this is awesome. You're in the podcast, so you can smile, and so you're going to be on YouTube, Regina. <laughs> so Regina is oh, our new chief of staff. This is Waldo. We're nice having to meet a- you, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a phenomenal conversation. We're just wrapping it up right now. So yeah, as you've got your business, I have to continue to run my business, obviously, and I'm, I'm late. So she's doing amazing stuff. So Waldo, thank you so much for being on here, I guess today. Um, and is there one last word you want to leave us with? Is one last piece that's something on your mind you want to share? Yeah. You, I'm sure you'll send out the link, the my social media LinkedIn stuff. You can, they can get all that on stuff that, on yep. that thing. One of the things that we all, one of the quotes you may remember from my speech is many folks, like you said, they, they, even if you've been in the military, most folks that you work with haven't, right? And they're always like, well, how do I say thank you to the troops? You know, thank you for your service. We've all heard that. And I think the best thing to do is if you truly want to say thank you to the Americans who fight for our country, then be the type of American worth fighting for. And it goes back to what you said. We're veterans. We may have this sense of guilt because we haven't been in combat. Well, guess what? You're helping others through the combat and, and missiles of life. You're still the veteran worth fighting for because you're giving to others through your example. Uh, and that's the best way you can be proud of what you're doing. That's what you're doing, Brett. And thank you for your generosity as well for that email that you sent with me in mind to help me with my business, by the way. And hopefully I'm going to find another Regina to augment my current team uh, <laughs> as well. And until then. Not my Regina. Re- she's mine. You can't have her. She's no, my that's, Regina. That's great. Don't piss her <laughs> off, though. She may want to upgrade to an F-16. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a downgrade from a tank. Definitely downgrade. So awesome. It's been a a blessing, dude. Thanks. 100%. So everyone, thanks so much for listening to the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass Podcast, a YouTube channel. Regina, welcome to the jungle. This is, this is real. This is what we do. This is, I love how this is going. This is great. So Waldo, thanks for being on. And I'd love to have you on again in several months or maybe next year. We kind of see where our, uh, our, oh, where'd you go? There There you are. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. Hopefully, I hit the end button. You can't, you can't leave before I hit the end button. But anyway, another amazing episode in the books for the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass. Waldo, thanks so much for joining. And Regina, welcome to the jungle. Everyone have a good day.